text for the sermon this day is taken from Matthew 11. These words, Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That is the text. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Back in July of 2013, I first got my call. I was installed to be pastor here at St. John in May City in Zion and Horton Township. And within about the first month and a half... There's a handful of people that I visited in the hospital pretty early, and Mary was one of those first people. And one of the, one of the things I've realized is amongst those four, those four first visitors, only one of them at this moment is still alive. But, and that one better stay alive a long time. He's still in college. But... But I remember visiting with her in that hospital in Avera. It's been a while, so I can't completely remember what, why she was in there. But I remember she was, she was really nice to talk with. Very sweet lady. The same when I'd visit her over at the house, just over there if I got my directions right at the moment. But as I was at the hospital, I learned of... It was pretty quickly I learned about the past. About losing her husband in 2011. And only a couple months later losing her son. And then when she got out of the hospital, things looked like they were getting a little bit better. She had a dear friend that definitely made life much more enjoyable. I saw her at the, I would see her at the Ocheedon Days of Old Parade. Saw her parked right there, I think right next to the gas station. Happy. But it was not that long after that things began to really, really change. I went to Country View. Wasn't able to be, be there very long. As the dementia got worse and worse. And I know it was definitely not easy for the family. I know the one time, first time I visited her at Pipestone, I found 
the rare, one of the rare, the fortunate moments she was alert. She was able to take communion. She was able to know, she halfway knew what was going on beyond asking me to take her home. But after that, but the next time I would visit, it would be very different. She wouldn't know who I was, what was going on, did not even recognize the Lord's Supper as a thing to be done. Very tough and difficult life. Almost six years of great tribulation, great trial. The thing is, is that probably doesn't help as we kind of are we have this idea that goes around that, all of us, that if we are a Christian, that our life is supposed to be easier. That if you just do the right things, have the right attitude, pray the right prayers, put enough money in the offering plate or whatever, some, some pastors will do that. They always say, you know, $1,000 really helps. But... <laughs> And they say if you do those things in life will be so much better. You'll never have any problems. But the problem is the Bible does not support any of that. You go through the Bible, yes, there are those who suffer because of their own foolishness. But you also have those who suffer not because, because that was their cross to bear. You have Joseph his, in Genesis, a good, noble, younger brother, and his older brother sold him into slavery. You have the Pete nation, and a little bit after that, the whole nation of Israel would be forced into slavery for 400 years. And then, of course, we have Jesus himself. We just celebrated Christmas. He was not born, when he was born, they didn't lay him into a, a comfy, cozy bed. They didn't lay him on even on a nice table. They laid him in a manger, a place where animals eat. And he would live a life where he was hated, rejected, betrayed and eventually crucified. But Jesus, before he died, said that no servant is greater than his master. In other words, if he suffered, so shall his servants. So shall we. The Bible actually promises suffering. Because the reality is, is that the sinful nature, the sinful world that we live in, is real. It is serious. When Adam and Eve were told to not partake of that fruit, God was not just wasting his breath. He wasn't just, he was not trying to be easy on them. He was telling them exactly what would happen. And they partook of that fruit and the world fell into sin. And we ourselves have inherited that sinful nature. 
And we'd like to say, well, that's just not fair that Adam and Eve did it. And I didn't do this. But the reality is, yes, we have. We all know those days where we've done or said something. We knew that we weren't supposed to do it or say it. And we said, I don't care if it's wrong. I'm doing it anyways. That's our sinful nature showing how we are willing victims of it. We willingly partake of it. And it's because of that that we have death. It's because of that that we have weakness, we have frailties. It's because of that that our whole community at this time of the year has been experiencing so much shock. As many of you know, at the moment, in the last 10 days, we've had four members die between our three churches. That is the cost of sin. But as Jesus says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. See, many years ago, up at Zion Lutheran Church, Mary was brought, well, actually she was an adult, right? So I don't think anybody carried her. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully not as an adult. But she, she went up there and the pastor said, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And on that day, the sinful nature which she was born with, which we are all born with, was washed away. It was put to death. It was the first taste of that light yoke that Jesus talked about. Because see, the heavy yoke says that in order to be saved, in order to be in good standing with God... You have to keep the law. You have to be good enough. But Jesus' yoke says, I give you my righteousness. There's actually a reason why pastors wear what they wear. Underneath here, I got the, the black, you know, the black clerical shirt, which if you, it doesn't, when you see a pastor wearing the black, does not mean that he's better than anyone else. It's actually the pastor's going around wearing, literally on his sleeve, on his shirt, that he is a dirty, rotten, no good sinner who deserves to die. That's what the black represents. That's what the pastor is going around wearing that, which is symbolic for everybody. We are all born into sin and we are all deserving of God's wrath. Which is why on Sunday, when it come, comes to service time, I put this white robe over to remind that in the waters of baptism, we received a new righteousness. We were clothed with Jesus. We were given a guarantee that though this, there is suffering in this life, which Luther actually argued the reason why we suffer in this life is so we never become comfortable. We never ever fall into the delusion that this is the world that we want to stay in. That this is the, this is the good life. If 
you heard anybody talking about 2016, there's a lot of, I think on late night, they're having celebrations, of, like, unlike any other about the end of 2016, because so many people have died, and even on celebrity level. I mean, anybody a Star Wars fan, Princess Leia died on Monday. So, I mean, that's the kind of year it's been. Those things happen should remind us that this, this is not the world we want to stay in. And God does not want us to be comfortable. He does not want us comfortable with this world because this world is not good. This world is corrupt. But when we were baptized, when Mary was baptized, she received eternal life. She began eternal life. She received a robe of righteousness, which on Friday, when she breathed that last breath, she breathed her first in heaven. Her eyes had been closed from this earth, and she opened it in heaven. She was not wearing whatever garment she was wearing in hospice care. She was wearing a robe of righteousness. Have you ever see, read in Revelation 7? Or actually, you know this hymn? Behold a host arrayed in white. She is in that host. Liberated from the sufferings, the tribulations of this world. She doesn't hunger. She doesn't thirst. There's no suffering. There's no pain. She knows who everyone is. She sees her husband. She sees her son. And they are not weak. They are stronger than they were in this life. Right before her eyes. And there's Jesus in her midst showing fully what that, he that light yoke is. When I would give her the Lord's Supper, whether it be here inside of the church or it be a country view or up in Pipestone, is a foretaste of a grand meal of which she is partaking now. She doesn't feel any of the effects of the fall that she had. She walks. She talks with Jesus. But there is actually the best is yet to come. And this is, if any of you, do any of you know the hymn for all the saints? For all the saints who from their labors rest. It's usually sung at All Saints Day, obviously from the name. But there's one little verse in there which says, The King of Glory walks along his way which is depicting something that I think is just one of the coolest images to think of what God has in store. Is we're going to be going to the cemetery in a little bit. And one of the scriptures you're going to hear is from 1 Corinthians, where Paul talks about sowing the body into the ground. And it's something I love uh, when we have people who are most, a lot of you are farmers or have some connection with that or if at least you own a garden, you know that if you sow seeds, you hope 
Something is going to grow up out of it. You don't sow a seed just because you're bored and you want to put some seeds in the soil. I don't know, maybe somebody does, but you're hoping something's going to grow out of it. So also, when, this bo- when Mary's body is sown into the ground this day, God is going to do something with that. Because the day is going to come. Because this is when a person died. When she died on Friday, her body and soul were separated. Her soul is in the presence of Jesus. She is in that host arrayed in white, but ultimately awaiting the day when Jesus is going to walk through every cemetery in the entire world, and he's just going to say, Mary, get up. And she is going to sit up. Not like, and not like walking dead, wake up. She is going to walk up physically strong, mentally strong at the words of Jesus. That's why it's sown. Because she's going to rise up a new creation. Her body and soul united. And she will be exactly as God meant her to be. That's why God doesn't want us comfortable with this world. Because the world he's got in store for us is so, so much better. So until that day comes, to God be all glory, in Jesus' name, amen. We continue with, I gave you the wrong hymn number of that first before, if you didn't notice, sorry. This time we'll actually sing hymn 770.